You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you live in your true identity as the creator of your life. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 104, The Art of Receiving, part two, your current blessings. Have you received the blessings you already have in your life? Now, it may sound strange to ask a question like that. If blessings are present, doesn't that infer we have received them? Not necessarily. In part two of the Art of Receiving series, we are gonna explore what blocks us from receiving our blessings and how we can more fully receive what we already have. Spoiler alert, receiving what you already have is preparatory to receiving more. So if there are specific blessings your heart longs for in the future, then you need to start by receiving what you already have. One precedes the other. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available in Deseret Bookstores and Amazon.com. It's filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to everyone who has left a review for this podcast on iTunes. If this podcast has ever helped you in any way, will you please share your thoughts by leaving a review? Your support is what makes this podcast possible. Today's review of the week comes from Cute Kids Mom. She says, Hey Brooke, thank you for putting these podcasts together. Your podcast is helping me with my relationships and my thoughts and emotions. My meditations are more meaningful now that I know that I can invite God in instead of wait for him to come to me. I am a speech therapist and have noticed that there is a language gap between Christians and yogis. I feel the truth behind what both are saying. However, I've always felt they were saying basically the same thing. Your podcast really has brought these together for me and put it into a language I can understand. I love that you have a specific audience. Keep speaking to the hearts and minds of your people. Cute kids, mom. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that review. I am thrilled to hear that your relationships are improving and that you are inviting God into your meditations. There is so much power there. And you are also right about the language gap. This is why I call myself a truth interpreter. My favorite thing in the world is to translate the gold nuggets of truth that I find in many cultures and traditions and put it into gospel-based language. It's my personal belief that God loves all his children and has spread truth everywhere. Part of gathering Israel is to gather the pieces of truth into one great whole. Creating a Zion people who are one heart and mind is similar to the oneness that results when you put all the pieces of a puzzle together to reveal a magnificent picture. When I do that for myself, I find that my experience of the gospel and the atonement of Jesus Christ is so much richer and meaningful than it was when I only had one angle of truth. And why not one more metaphor? (laughs) God's truth is like a diamond. The more angles you have on truth, the more brilliantly it reflects light. God has truly been so abundant in providing so many angles on truth to his children. It's now time that we do the work of bringing them together. 
Friends, if you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. If you haven't left a review yet, will you do that today? Please just pause the episode and do it right now. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Now, it may seem a little odd to talk about the art of receiving blessings you already have, but the truth be told, many of us have blessings in our life that we have either never received or we go through a season in which we close ourselves off to the blessings currently in our life. You may be familiar with the hymn, Count Your Many Blessings, in which the lyrics remind us to do this very thing. When upon life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. This hits home in a big way for me. Today marks one year since entering into one of the most challenging periods of my life. Someday, perhaps I can go into greater detail, but suffice it to say the past 12 months have been hard and painful for my family. If anyone has wondered why my podcast episodes seem to no longer be very regular, this is why. When someone enters into a crisis, it becomes important to put the majority of your energy towards the basics. I've put my work energy towards essential commitments and podcasts became something extra. Now, while I am very practiced at carrying on and being optimistic and having a growth mindset towards life, it doesn't mean I also haven't cried many days the past year and felt deep sorrow, loneliness, anger, and frustration. It's true what they say that you never know what someone is going through or carrying. I remember years ago, I read a book by Henry B. Eyring called To Draw Closer to God. And in that book, he remarked that if you were to assume most people were deeply suffering, you would be right most of the time. I remember reading that and wondering how that could possibly be true when most people I interact with seem just fine. And yet I remember a day this past summer when I ran into the grocery store, which by the way, is a great location for producing a mix of different types of people, cultures, and social economic status. I remember walking up and down the aisles, grabbing what I needed and putting it in my cart. My heart was so heavy that day. And I was honestly just trying to hold myself together. And I remember experiencing this particular wonder and awareness with each person I passed. I was baffled at how everyone seemed to be fully functioning. And here I felt like I was going to crumble at any moment. I figured I was only seconds away from having a complete meltdown. I remember thinking to myself, I know I put more effort into self-care habits than most people here. I eat healthy. I meditate every day. I get eight hours of sleep each night. I'm active. In large part, the reason that I hadn't had a complete breakdown yet was because these self-care habits were supporting me. And then I thought, if I put so much daily effort into self-care and I feel like I'm on the verge of being swallowed up in this trial right now, 
then how in the world are the people who aren't doing those things managing to cope? Why is the world not just falling apart before our eyes? While not every day feels as heavy as that one did, I can certainly attest that what we see on the surface is not always a representation of what may be happening below the surface. I don't feel the depths of sorrow all day long. Much of my day, I do feel peace and happiness, especially when I'm doing work I love or teaching my kids in homeschool or I'm out on a walk in nature. But there is also an ever-present sorrow that surfaces when I bump up against this current trial. So many of my meditation sessions, especially the past year, are me crying and feeling my feelings. While I am a great creator in the areas of my life that are going really well, and I, I really do have many areas that are thriving, I confess it has been far more difficult to be a great creator in the area that is so deeply suffering. I know my trial is going to grow into something amazing eventually, but some days I get discouraged in the messy middle by focusing on just how hard and painful it feels and how distant resolution seems. I don't want to go through what I'm going through. I want it to be over and done so I can get back to living my life. And yet, therein lies the irony. How much of my life am I not fully living or receiving because I can be so focused on what I don't want or don't have? The pain is greater when all I see and feel is lack. I have to mindfully receive my current blessings over and over again. Because far too often when I get pulled into seeing what I don't have, it comes at the expense of everything I do. When I work on receiving my current blessings, I don't feel so abandoned and alone. I feel more hope and support. I feel strengthened and encouraged at what God has already done for me. And I trust He will continue to bless me now and forevermore. It also begs the question, how can I expect the Lord to bring me new blessings in the future if I have not received the ones I already have? Receiving is a learned skill. If I haven't practiced the art of receiving what I have, I won't have the skill to receive anything more. God has said, I will give unto the children of men line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Now listen to this next part. For unto him that receiveth, I will give more. Let's say that one more time. For unto him that receiveth, I will give more. Now watch what happens next. He says, from them that shall say, we have enough, from them shall be taken away even that which they have. 
That last line intrigues me. It's basically a lesson on how to effectively block blessings. And I also sense a bit of sarcasm here. To say we have enough is not used as a statement of gratitude or contentment. Oh, I have sufficient for my needs. I'm content and happy. That's not what is happening here. We have enough is a statement of a heart being closed. It's akin to saying, I don't want what you are giving me, or I don't have room for anything more because I have closed off. And isn't it interesting to see the consequence of this mindset? From them shall be taken away even that which they have. Pause. (laughs) This is not God acting in revenge and taking people's blessings away. This is what we do to ourselves when we focus on lack and scarcity. Not only do we block future blessings, we close ourselves off to the ones we already have. I have experienced this time and time again when I fall into despair and I focus entirely on what I don't want or what I don't have in my life. After having my second child, I ended up in a life flight helicopter fighting for my life, unable to breathe. I had blood clots in my lungs. It was a pulmonary embolism. While there were several miracles that occurred to save my life, my husband and I were approached by several doctors who warned us about the dangers of me having any more children. After spending eight days in intensive care at a hospital hours away from my new baby and family, I will never forget the moment that we finally arrived home. As we pulled into the driveway, my husband turned off a car and instead of rushing inside to immerse ourselves back into our life, we had a hard conversation about our future. We now had two kids. We always assumed we would have more. Cultural stereotypes in the church included more than two children. (laughs) And yet, in that moment, we faced the fact that our family was unexpectedly done. On one hand, it felt correct. On the other hand, I felt humiliation, self-criticism, and imaginary judgment from church culture. In the following months, I battled the decision. I knew it was correct for me to be done having children, but I felt like a failure. One woman came up to me after church one week, and she told me how she too had nearly died after one of her pregnancies. She said, doctors told me I shouldn't have more children and that I'd likely die if I were to do it again. I remember immediately feeling this connection with her until she finished her statement saying, but then I went on to have six more. (laughs) And instantly I judged myself as a woman with no faith. Thoughts flooded my mind like, you're being so selfish to make this decision for your own health. Don't you believe in miracles? And then there were other secret thoughts such as, I honestly don't want more than two kids. I feel two is the perfect number I can personally handle. And then I would shame myself for not wanting six more and using my health as an excuse. This went on for a few years. 
as my second child grew older, I became more and more self-conscious at church. I believed that everyone was probably wondering why we weren't now having a third child. If I was righteous and faithful and believed in miracles, I'd have more, right? (laughs) One night in tears, as I was battling this inner argument, I opened up to my husband, wondering if he felt the same pressure. To my surprise, he responded saying, we have two miracle children and your own life was miraculously preserved. Let's be grateful for what we have. In a profound moment, I realized that in my battle of shame and expectations, I wasn't receiving the gifts I already had. And my goodness, were they amazing gifts to amazing kids and the opportunity to still be alive to raise them. From that moment on, whenever I found myself tiptoeing down that road again, I would remember my husband's words. Let's be grateful for what we have. I have to keep reminding myself of this when I battle stereotypes and expectations that are not correct for my life. Or when my heart aches for what I don't have right now. In the next episode, we're going to talk about the art of receiving blessings that are in the future. But we can't get there before we've learned how to receive what we have right now. Do you have a hope, desire, or dream your heart yearns for right now? Or do you feel like you're drowning in a current trial or challenge that you wish would be done and you desire the blessings that come on the other side of it? Friends, step one is to receive the blessings you already have and to them shall God give more. To receive what you already have opens your heart. To receive what you already have brings feelings of gratitude. To receive what you already have builds hope and faith that God can bring more. If we all have amazing blessings already in our life, then why would we not receive them? What is it that blocks us? We often take for granted the things we have acclimated to. We grow used to people and places and things so much that we no longer see them. And when you don't see them, you certainly don't feel them. We often don't notice what we have until it's gone. The world experienced this in great measure with the onset of the pandemic. Suddenly, blessings we had all enjoyed without realizing it became so clear. The ability to gather together for celebrations, to socialize, to hug one another, to worship, to go to school, basic freedoms, even the blessing of being able to see someone's whole face. What glorious blessings. Complacency is so easy when we live in times of prosperity. It's also easy when we live in times of struggle. 
we can focus on what we don't have, literally at the expense of all we do. So how, how can we stay in the place of abundance or return to it if we are living in scarcity? We must learn the art of receiving. And we start by learning to receive what we already have. The law of creation requires that we see, say, and feel in order to spiritually create. Do we see what blessings already are in our life? Do we speak of the blessings already in our life? Do we feel the magnitude of the blessings already in our life? To do this requires presence. And I will say right now that the first two, see and say, are often faster and easier for me than the third. To see and say are mental. To feel is emotional. If you ask me to, I could quickly give you a list of blessings in my life, but not feel much emotional charge. Feeling is traditionally the weak spot for me in the law of creation. I am a thinker. I'm in my head a lot. The elements of see and say are easier for me. Feeling is harder. I was curious one day to see if other people experience the same thing. So in one of my live calls with our certifying creation coaches, I asked them, which part of the law of creation feels the weakest for you personally? I was astonished to find that the answers were all over the board. For some, it was being able to see. For others, it was being able to say. For others, it was the doing. And some, like me, it was feeling. Well, we are all different, and we were all given different strengths and weaknesses. Perhaps this is nature, and for sure at times it is nurture, depending on our current challenges. Because feeling is my personal weak area in creation right now, I have an immense amount of curiosity for how to strengthen it. How can I feel more? Receiving our current blessings requires each part of creation. How can you receive something if you don't see it, speak of it, feel it, do it? Every part of the law of creation is required for receiving. Are any of these areas weaker for you? If my weak spot right now is feeling, I can strengthen it by working on the other elements surrounding it. See, say, feel, do. And repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until I become it. Repetition is required for creation, So habits serve an important role in what we want to create in our life. If your weak area is seeing, a gratitude journal could be a great way to strengthen this area. If your weak area is saying, affirmations can strengthen this area. If your weak area is feeling, you could practice presence and deep breathing. If your weak area is doing, You can create a floor or a tiny version of what needs to happen so you don't get stuck in overwhelm or perfection. My ultimate favorite creation habit is meditation. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) It is the golden habit. Why? 
because it can potentially integrate every single part of creation all at one time. See, say, feel, do, and become. One of my missions in life is to help teach people how to elevate their personal prayer practice to be an experience of meditative prayer. Remember how I mentioned that feeling is my weak spot? I can confess, I can say a traditional prayer using great words and still feel nothing. I have said years worth of prayers where I started out anxious and I ended anxious. I have, I've prayed entire prayers feeling disconnected and uncomfortable. It's interesting to note that the traditional outline of prayer is designed to give us space to receive our current blessings before we ask for more. We typically thank God for our blessings, and then we ask Him for what we need. And yet, I am living proof you can say thanks and not feel it, which in my opinion is not fully receiving it. Receiving requires an open heart. If my heart is wide open, then I will feel emotion instead of feeling numb. But when I only use words, it is so much harder for me to feel anything. My entire experience of prayer changed when I started to introduce the surrounding elements of creation. Instead of just saying a prayer, I began to use my imagination and visualize what I was praying for. I started to see. I began to pause and breathe and feel more. If this is even remotely interesting to you, then I invite you to take my 40-day meditation challenge where we dive deep into each of these creation elements in meditation. Thousands of people have taken this course integrating these elements into their prayers, and so many have said it has quite literally changed their life. For me, when I began doing this, I began to feel. I wasn't just saying, thank you for my current blessings. I was seeing those blessings in my imagination, using powerful words in what I would say, which ignited feelings in my heart. It began to feel real because I was using more of my senses. To fully receive your current blessings, see it, say it, feel it. I have personally needed this reminder all week long. It's been a challenging week. (laughs) And I have found myself closing off to my blessings and experiencing frustration and heartache. As I've worked on this podcast, I've known it was mostly for me I've been putting this message together. I created a powerful meditation to help me practice this in my life right now. You'll be able to find that meditation on the Small Seed Still meditation app for free for the next 30 days. And I have to say, I just did it this morning. (laughs) I recorded it and then I listened to it to make sure everything is how it needs to be. And I just bawled through the whole thing. It was amazingly powerful to be able to receive the blessings already in my life. If that feels like something that you could use in your life right now, you can find it on the Small Seeds Still app 
again, free for the next 30 days. And if you listen to this podcast after that time frame, use the code BrookSnow1. That's the number one, BrookSnow1, for 30 days free access to the entire library of meditations, and you can find it there. This code and the link to the meditation courses I mentioned are available in the show notes of this episode. In the past, I would have just included this new meditation here on the podcast, but I know so many people listen to podcasts while multitasking. Maybe you're out on a walk or a run. Maybe you're driving your car. Maybe you're doing the laundry or the dishes. First of all, whatever it is you're doing right now, thank you for choosing to spend some time with me. Second of all, I've decided to try something totally new, and I'm going to include here what I am calling a meditation in motion. While it is amazing to set aside 10 minutes of practice meditation in a quiet place, and I will say that can totally change your life, I want to remove the expectation that meditation has to only look like the perfect ideal. I'd love to invite you to join me for the next few minutes for a meditation in motion. There's no need to sit still or close your eyes, unless of course you want to, but here the power will come from simply being present. So I ask the question, what can you do right now to receive your current blessings? Start by receiving what you already have. Let's do a meditation in motion. If you're able to, I invite you to put one or both hands on your heart and take a few nourishing, deep breaths in through the nose and out through the nose. Just breathe at your own pace in and out through the nose, bringing awareness to your breathing. Next, I invite you to pause your thinking for a moment to pay attention to your physical environment. Glance around you. What do you see? Take in your surroundings. Really notice them. What colors do you see? What details do you notice? And lengthen your perspective and notice what surrounds you as far distant as you can. What do you see in the distance? Now widen your perspective and notice what surrounds you in your periphery. If you're able to, you could even turn in a complete circle. Just notice on all sides that you can what is in your environment. Now I invite you to pick one thing you can see right now in your environment that is a current blessing in your life. What stands out to you? Can you name it? either out loud or silently in your mind? How is this a blessing to you? 
pause for a moment and just name a few ways that this is a blessing to your life right now. Now I invite you to smile. Yes, smile. (laughs) There you go. Can you feel how good that smile feels? A smile is a wonderful way to open up your heart. While holding your gaze on this current blessing and while holding your smile, I invite you to say thank you either out loud or silently to yourself in your mind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Imagine your heart opening wide and receiving this blessing inside. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Friends, you can repeat this meditation in motion on your own as many times as you like. Notice the blessings that surround you. Receive them. See it. Say it. Feel it. You are a creator. Now go create something great.